I, I like to think that I'm not computer illiterate. I'm... I, I look for different things. I don't go... I was about to say, Chris, I spent three hours the night before I was flying home from your house making sure your windows... Up until No, it didn't take three hours. I was up until three in the morning. <laughs> like I said, like I don't think I'm computer illiterate, but if you're going <laughs> to compare the two of us against each other, yes, you are the techie guy where I just want to log in and play my video games and watch my YouTube and have the stream work. Like... I am a man with a set skill set, like a very compressed skill set. Well, we're live now. I was just letting you know. Okay. <laughs> so, <thank> you. <laughs> what are you? Are you drinking tea? Is that what that is? I am drinking tea. Cause you, I am tea drinking. You've been watching Avatar on. on uh, I still haven't watched the Avatar that you've you've given me. I still haven't. You should. You've never watched any Avatar. No. Ooh, you should. It's all on Netflix. I think Legend of Korra is on Netflix, too, now. Yes, yes, it is. I just haven't gotten around to it. Like, I don't watch many... You should watch it. Your son would love it. Yeah, I know. He's So he's getting to the point where he's actually, like, actively watching movies and shit. Like, he's, like, legitimately enjoying them. Like, we just started back up watching... Star Wars movies. Kiki started coming back over and we started watching Star Wars movies and we watched episode six, which rewatching that completely changed my opinion of the movie. That movie's ass. That movie's real bad. Episode six? Return of the Jedi. Did you see that YouTube, uh, that t- uh, Twitter video where the guy was like, why every Star Wars video movie is named wrong? Uh, No, I know that. So I, I don't know if this is what you're going at, but I know that Return of the Jedi was originally supposed to be like uh, the Revenge of the Jedi. And then they changed the name of it because they want they didn't want a negative connotation attached to the Jedi. No, they character. literally he literally just moved the names that already exist to different installations of the movies. And it all made so much more sense. Okay, so I I need you to elaborate. I'm trying to think. It's like, so the f- instead of it being A New Hope, it is uh, Rise of Skywalker because that's when Skywalker rises. Uh, Return or the Return of the Jedi is The Last Jedi because Luke is the last Jedi now. And uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, the last one. The last one, which is uh, what's the most the Rise of Skywalker, that one is called the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the The third one is called the Clone Wars because that's when the clones actually order or the what is it Order sixty six happens and the clones kill all the Jedi's and all that shit. Yeah, that's Attack of the Clown, cl- the Clowns, Attack of the Clones. So I found an article talking about it. Uh, the user is from Fake Disney Facts. Yes. And, uh, for example, they believe that the Force Awakens should actually be called the Empire Strikes Back because they're essentially yes. the Empire rising back up. Uh, the Revenge of the Sith should be called the Attack of the Clones because of Order sixty six. The Return of the Jedi should be the Last Jedi. Um, let me see. Let me see if I could find like the entire list. I was gonna say, uh, what was the one that where Luke sacrifices himself or whatever in the Last Jedi? The Last Jedi, yeah, that one's supposed to be a, a, a new hope or something like that because Luke gives everyone a new hope. Okay. And all that shit. 
I found I found something on comicbook.com. So episode one is the Phantom Menace is actually supposed to be the Rise of Skywalker because it's Anakin Skywalker. Okay, yeah. Uh, episode episode two is supposed to be the Revenge of the Sith because that's when the Sith actually reveal themselves mm. uh, with Darth Tyrannus and actually fuck up Dooku, <laughs> the Jedi Order. Yeah. Dooku is such a cool character if you look at his backstory. Like, he, he's super well, Also, it's played by Christopher Lee, so... <laughs> I mean, yeah, the man's a legend. But, like, lore-wise, Dooku is a fucking beast. But... I, I just remembered I some new... The icebreaker this week is just going to be movie facts because I just remembered something that I discovered last night that we okay. have to touch on because okay. it's some, some shit that we talked about before. Okay. Uh, episode three is the Attack of the Clones because that's when Order 66 mm-hmm. takes place. Episode four, uh, which is originally a New Hope, is now called the Return of the Jedi because yeah. Obi-Wan comes back to train Luke. That makes sense. Uh, episode five uh, is a long chase sequence, but Luke's part of the story is him learning a deeper meaning of the Force from Yoda and thus should be called The Force Awakens. Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, it all makes 100% better sense than the naming mechanisms that are already that in place. That is so good. In The Return of the Jedi, Yoda dies and Anakin sacrifices himself in a redemptive moment defeating Emperor Palpatine. As the film ends, Luke is truly the last Jedi since Leia mm-hmm. has yet to be trained. Uh, episode 7 uh, should be The Empire Strikes Back. Episode 8... Um, the Last Jedi is about older figures with Luke and Leia pushing the younger generation like Rey and Poe to keep the spark of the rebellion alive. When Luke sacrifices himself, he should be a, a new hope. hope. And then the opening crawl of the Rise of Skywalker uh, starts with the often mocked line, <laughs> the dead speak, by bringing back Palpatine as a thought dead threat still lurking through the universe. The, tr- the film truly gives us the Phantom Menace. That is so good. Yeah. That is so It almost good. makes me want to watch Star Wars again. Almost. I won't, but no. it almost live, does. <laughs> live. What's the opposite of vicarious? Because I am not living vicariously. Like, this entire experience, especially going through all six, so far all six of the Star Wars films, makes me appreciate the extended universe and the work that everyone other than George Lucas put into expanding star wars because if it wasn't for them i don't think that star wars is that good of a franchise like this is this has just been a huge like character arc for me because i was a i was a massive star wars fan like i love the concept of star wars and i will i will die on a hill saying that episode five is one of the greatest movies of all fucking time but episode five is really good looking back those movies are not good. Like, I would go as far as to say, like, just four and five are the only redeemable films. Because episode six, that is like episode one. Episode one is all about, like, establishing characters, uh, opening loops, because something that was said in the main trilogy had to point back to an origin point. The Trade Federations. <laughs> uh I don't even think that the concept of the Trade Federation is that bad, but, like, these random stupid little facts that they have to keep on pointing back to and keep on pointing back to, and episode six is the opposite of that. It's all about tying up loose ends, so everyone's lines is so so one note. It it falls flat, 
like, Luke, I have to go do something. Okay, what do you got to do? I got to go do this thing. And, like, you know what the thing is because it was kind of, like, alluded to. But there's no, like, actual conversation. No one's having a conversation outside of Luke and Darth Vader and Luke and Yoda. Like, no one's no one's talking to each other. It's like, hey, I got to go do this one thing. Bye. And then, like, Leia and it's Han are just damn. like, hey, I'm going to go do this, but I love you. But I got to go do this one thing. Fucking it's, it's, teddy bears. And I hate Mark Hamill in this movie. I absolutely fucking hate him because he comes in like a smug fucking prick in Jabba's castle. And like he's he's acted like the big dick badass. And we're all well, he's supposed to because he's supposed to have like mastered, not mastered, but he's a lot. It's character progression from the end of the fifth one. Yes. Uh, like I get it, but it's acted like out it. <laughs> so poorly. It's acted out so poorly. Like, it's literally the entire time. Like, he doesn't have an actual conversation with anybody until he goes to Dagobah to talk to Yoda. Like, that's yeah. his first actual conversation. Other than that, it's just like, Jabba, you have one chance. Let us go. Let us go. Han, don't worry. Don't worry. I got this covered. Jabba, let us go. That's everything that he says in the first hour of the movie. I and mean, then the second I, half I, of the movie shit, too. So, I'm, whatever. I've turned to the dark side anyway because I prefer Star Trek to Star Wars now. Star Trek is a much better series. and Not not the new Star Trek that's on NBC or ABC or whatever the fuck it is. Like Discovery and uh, Picard. That was sci-fi. Uh, no, it's on uh, mainstream shit now. Oh, really? Yeah, like Discovery, which is the new action-packed one. That's on ABC, I believe. And uh, Picard is also on there where they brought back Picard and all that. I'm talking about like Deep Space Nine, New Generation, all that shit. That stuff's good. Like, like I like that stuff of Star of the Star Wars slash Trek stuff. And that's kind of like what I'm saying. Like when it comes to Star Trek versus Star Wars, I would pit the movies against each other. And I don't even think that the Star Trek movies are that good. Like the the five part series. Uh, nah. when, the TV like, series where that sh that series no deep, deep deep space nine and the new generation are legitimately good shows, like I enjoy those. But then, if you look at Star Wars, I would counter with the Mandalorian, and even some of the uh, like the Clone Wars, like the seasons four through eight of the Clone Wars is legitimately good. Like once they drop all the kitty nonsense and realize that their demographic was like older teens to mm -hmm. young adults like hell yeah that shit's good yeah the only uh, reason why i rushed through fucking episode six was so that i could start making her watch the mandalorian and i got the response out of it that i wanted to because the mandalorian is fucking tits so. yeah the Mandalorian's great uh i have to bring up the some news i found out last night uh wilford brimley has died at the age of 85 oh no <laughs> It's, I saw it, I saw someone on Twitter post a weird-ass picture, and they said, Rip Wilford Brimley, and I went, what? <laughs> so I had to go searching for it, because that's the joke, is everyone always thinks he's already dead, but I guess now he is. I don't think it was COVID-related, they didn't say it was COVID-related, so. It was I mean, probably diabetes-related. I, I hope it wasn't. Like, he, <laughs> like, what was that, there's a comedian that's like, man. 
Like, diabetes is like the worst disease ever because it can't even kill Wilfred Brimley. Like, <laughs> it's like, I got diabetes. You're like, all right, whatever. So, like, it sucks, but diabetes is like one of the most treatable diseases. Yeah, just cut out down there. on and your sugar. Well, that's type two. Type two, if you get type two diabetes, it's because you're fat. I mean, there's probably other underlying things like I'm at risk of type two diabetes and I'm really trying to like stay away from that because not because it's just a bad disease to have, but when you get type two, you like your feet, that's when you are like no shit fat. Like you have a problem. It is now you're going to lose your feet if you don't stop eating. (laughs) Exactly. And I need my feet. I, I need my feet. So. Well, we all know that I'm ready to cut off my legs at the knee knee yeah. to get these fucking cybernetic legs. If they oh, exist. Man. When they exist. They exist, goddammit. I've seen them. You saw them They're in Star not... Fox. No, I've seen them in real life. Have you not seen the legs of, like, uh, Army, Marine that, like, get their limbs blown off? And, like, especially the legs. They're, like, bouncy fucking. They're made of the weef, the we, uh, the, the ring fit. Whatever they make that out of. Okay, so first off, um, not every marine gets that. Like I didn't say everyone. Every, like at like any any service member that gets their leg blown off and they go to the VA, they're getting like a steel rod coming out and like a foot a foot panel. Like it's the most fucking like low tech, low grade, cheapest fucking thing that they can find. Yeah, I didn't say like I wanted some, that. Like, sometimes <laughs> they just take some old man's cane, cut it in half, and I'm like, oh, there's your peg leg. Good. I don't want your here. great value uh, fucking limbs. I want the top of the line. It's going to happen. I think I did see what you're talking about because there was this French guy that was proto that had a prototype leg that moves like an actual leg. Now, it was like heavy metal. Like, it was, it was like really heavy as shit. So I don't think it's like a performance-based one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the motherfucker could go upstairs, no fucking problem. That's that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, we got to make these these prosthetics look like the real thing. No, we don't. You can literally, you have the chance to make them look like anything you want them to look like, and you want them to look like a regular ass foot. I mean, I'd be cool with looking like a Gundam. I think like, yeah. walking around with a Gundam leg, like I would cut all my pants off at the knee and just. You're always wearing jorts and booty shorts. <laughs> Uh, only when I go exercise do I wear my fucking silkies with my nutsack hanging out. Yeah, That's, with your if you get five years older, your ball sack's gonna be hanging out of the bottom. <laughs> Grandpa's not wearing underwear today, folks. Grandpa, Dad's not wearing underwear today. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, it's like, do you want this arm, or would you like an arm cannon? Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the cannon, please. It's not functional. Okay, it still looks like a fucking cannon. All right? (laughs) Give me a hand. I'll just jam it at the top, and then we're good to go. I mean, I think that you could make do, because now they have, like, those... They have the the prosthetic hands that are based around, like, your your tendons. And while Mm -hmm. it's not, like, actual free motion where you can move around your fingers, they do snap together. So if you take that and then, like, hollow out the hand cannon that you have... And just like put that on, and then have your hands make it out. interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, it's, it, it's accessories, man. It's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a terrible conversation. It's <laughs> like, man, am I gonna wear my feet today, or am I gonna wear my tank treads? I think I'm gonna wear my tank treads. 
<laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> I want to be those. What are those? It's like a. What was the Super Nintendo game? Base Wars. Where it's the baseball game, but then you're robots. And then when you meet at a plate, you have to. It turns into a fighting game. And you have to fight each other to see if you're out or if you made it safely to the base. This sounds like hockey, but like. You've never heard of hockey. Base Wars? No. Look up Base Wars right now. Cyber Stadium Series Base Wars. Yes. It's on the NES. Yes. I said Super Nintendo. My bad. You did. Base Wars is oh, great. Oh, wow. It this is cool. A fighting game. Yo, he, sh he fucking pitches with an actual cannon. Yeah. The batters have tread and shit. Yep. And then get to the part where it's the fighting game. Yo! <laughs> He's literally I shooting this man at Pace Wars. point blank range. No, I've never played this game. Bro. Uh, give me one, it, it, give me it, one second. It's the fucking Yankees lag, so against the, the White Sox. Bro, this game is amazing. I yeah, Base this. Wars is great. I can't believe you've never heard of Base Wars. It's like super no. cheap. I think it's under like 10 bucks. <laughs> I hope it's still 10 bucks. I'll buy one right now. Base Wars is fan-fucking-tastic, man. But no, that's what I want. I want interchangeable parts. <laughs> I say that, but as lazy as I fucking am, I'm, I wouldn't do nothing with any of it. <laughs> I would want a hand uh, cannon. I would totally want a hand cannon, but if I get a hand cannon, I'm going to lose my mind. As long as it, sh as long as it shoots uh, less lethal ammunition, I think I'll be good right now. No, more, more lethal. You need to protect yourself. Just fucking rockets out of your hand. I got rockets as hands. <laughs> Mr. Rocket Hands. This, oh, this is stupid. All right, that's it for the icebreaker. Let's go into our week. I thought you had other movie. Uh, no, that was it. That's that all was I had. it? Okay, so just Star Wars. It's fine. No, Wilford Brindley. That was my facts. Oh, so like in honor of, of Wilford Brindley, or however you say his name, Brim. every single transition will be the word diabetes. Well... <laughs> Diabetes. You got to get the one where he actually says it right. I have, my name is Wilford Brindley, and I have diabetes. That's awful. <laughs> but I'll do it. I'll, I'll find I mean, that one. That's all the headlines, too, were like, uh, former cocoon actor and a, uh, advocate for diabetes research. I'm like, fucking say he's from The Thing, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was in anyway. The Thing? Yeah, he didn't have his mustache in the thing, and it looked really fucking weird. I didn't know that. Diabetes. I guess we're going to go into weeks, right? Yeah, said it. All right. I didn't do shit this week. <laughs> I played okay. no new games. Okay. I played. I started playing Doom Eternal again on controller. Uh, man, that's a fucking shit show. But So was Scotty right? No. Okay. It's fine now i it took some major adjusting uh i don't want to sound like i'm going to be bashing scotty because i don't want it to be that way but i think this game scotty was wanting something doom 2016 but he got and i hate to say this but he got the dark souls of doom is what he got because okay. doom eternal goes in hard and never lets up it's very hardcore, and I think Scotty just wanted a chill kind of continuation to Doom 2016, and he got a super arcadey, fast-paced, 
you know, let's do this shit kind of game. And I don't think that was up his alley. Okay. Which is fine. I still fucking love Doom Eternal. It's still good. I get sweaty when I play this game. <laughs> and it's 68 in this office. I just get sweaty because that's what the game does to you. You constantly have... Until you get the dash, in the first couple levels, you don't have the dash. It's fucking rough. It's real bad until you get that dash. Once you get the dash, the game opens up and it's just so much better. Uh, the reason I'm playing it again is because I'm working on a magazine article for Mega Visions, which I have to have done pretty soon. Uh, I feel like I don't have to beat the game completely uh, so I could start writing on it. The game's still great. Music's still fantastic. Is it better than Doom 2016? I don't think so. But it's also you're playing two kind of different first-person shooters. Depends on if you want a story-driven uh, kind of just like cool Doom game, play Doom 2016. If you want to be pushed to the limit, play Doom Eternal. So there, there's really like that much of a difference yes, between the two. Yes, so much. So, the, so for one, not only is the game more fast-paced because of the dashing, there are more demons. They aggressively, they try to like not clutter you. They go after your ass hard, like nonstop. Uh, a lot of the demons are infighting until you come up and start fighting them. Like, they're just fighting each other, which they don't do damage to each other, so it's kind of pointless. It's just an aesthetic kind of thing. But, yeah, it's a lot more just crazy. Like, the game give, the game tells you how to beat the bosses. Like, it just straight up tells you how to beat the bosses. And it's just like, that's how you do it. Now let's see you do it, motherfucker. So, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, the game... So once you get some of the runes, there's some runes that uh, let, like, there's one particularly that when you're in the air, uh, time slows down. So when you when you bottle that with the super shotgun, which has a meat hook on it, so whenever you meat hook something, you go into the air, it slows you down, and then you can control the situation better. And also there's another one that gives you better maneuverability while you're in the air, and... At one point, once you level up the super shotgun all the way, mon anyone that gets hit by the meat hook automatically bursts into flames. And while they're on fire, they give you armor. So if you kill an enemy that's on fire, they burst into a, po a pile of armor that you can pick up. So it's constantly me in the air. I wish I could see a third person of this because I would just be like, and then just jumping next to the... I'd look like fucking weird-ass Superman, but I'm just the Doom Slayer. <laughs> And the fucking, oh, the track of the only thing they fear is you is just, it hits every fucking, like, major arena. It just mm -hmm. comes in, and it's so fucking good. It's so good. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give an official rating right now. I don't think the game is perfect by any means. It does have some issues. But I think it's a good game. So I haven't looked any more into the fucking DRM or all that shit, but I downloaded it back onto my computer, and hopefully no one's infiltrating my shit. So, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. From what I understand, they took that shit out. Good. I'm still waiting on the physical soundtrack, which is still being held up due to the background and the controversy that's going around right now. That sucks. Yeah, so. I don't even think the collector's editions of the soundtracks have gone out yet, either. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, also in uh, honor, I guess, quote-unquote, uh 
Cuphead got released on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. So I was like, I want to play Cuphead. So I went back and I played it. I was playing it on my PC because I have it on Steam. That game is fun. It's fucking hard. <laughs> is this your first time playing it? Uh, I haven't played it since uh, before we moved into this house. So it's been a long time since I played it. I never beat it. I just got to a certain part and just stopped playing. Uh, that game's still fucking fun. It's really fun. I love the 1940s cartoon aesthetic. Uh, but it's not easy at by any means. I do love that it's just like a total... I, besides like maybe three or four run-and-gun levels, it's just all bosses is what mm -hmm. it is. It's yeah. just a boss rush mode. But there are some times where I was just like, fuck you. I mean, it's a bullet hell, so you can get really greedy in that game and get punished. Because I'm trying to perfect every level because I'm crazy and I have to do that because it's not in my eyes. I'm like, this isn't hard to do. Like most of the time, perfect perfecting a boss is parry, parrying three projectiles, not getting hit and getting six of your special cards. So you have to use your special usually like twice, like your max special. Right. And you'll get, you'll get an a plus. Mm -hmm. There's been many times where I'm just, I got an a minus because I didn't parry three things i parried two things i have played many levels over and over again just to get the perfect song. so it's it's not about you struggling through the game you're just trying to perfect it yeah i'm trying to pee on it that's what i'm trying okay, to okay. do <laughs> you okay. can go through and beat the game like you know whatever but i think that's what that game is there. they're like you can beat it but you didn't do it all the way so do you want the bragging rights? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want the bragging rights. I mean, it's an action platformer. It's right up my alley. I'm not very good at bullet hell to begin with. So I, I struggle a bit more with that game than, than others. It takes a lot of peripheral, like watching something and then also watching out of your peripherals at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and there's just a lot of it there. It's kind of like the same issue that I, that I run into when I'm trying to play like Zero Ranger or Ikaruga. Like it's just very, mm. very hard. I um, played a lot of I played some Toho games when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So and I like Gradius and I like I like bullet hell games like that. Yeah. So that's up my alley. But uh, besides that, I've had to fix my fucking ceiling because we had a leak in the roof of my office and I finally got the leak. Well, I'm waiting on a big rain to come through to see if the leak actually got patched. But I had to tear down all the fucking shit. And that's in the Discord if you want to see that. Everyone thought my ceiling exploded. Yeah, I and thought I'm that like, you fucking had shit collapse on you. No, I that was all self-done. Like, I went up there. It was really cool to just punch through my ceiling and then pull shit down. That felt really cool. <laughs> because it was so rotted that I could do that. Like, with no, like, force. I was just like, boop, and went right through it. <laughs> Ew. That took a whole fucking day to pull all that out and throw it all away. I can imagine. And it's not even, it's imagine. not even, it's almost half of the office ceiling. It's about, I'd say it's one third of it, but it's open now. It's, I mean, it's already almost completely dry, but I'm going to leave it open for a few more weeks just to let it dry out. It smelled real bad in the beginning. It smelled super mildewy when I pulled everything down, which my wife said, that whenever she walked into my office, it, she's like, man, it smells mildewy in here. But I'm always in here, so I'm like, you're crazy. And then when I pulled all that down, I was like, oh, okay. But, so. 
Uh, besides that, I haven't. Been, I didn't. I've just been working a lot this week, so I didn't play a whole lot of games. I didn't get to play any more Curse of the Moon. I didn't play Carrion yet. I've been watching a lot of Supermarket Sweep. I don't know if you remember what that show is. <laughs> Are you talking about the fucking like '80s yes. show where they go to the supermarket? The early just, '90s, yeah. Just try to. Th- Why? I don't know, man. I remember watching it. Like, as a did kid. they bring it back? Yeah, it's so it's on Prime. Uh, it's on Prime, and I think it's on Netflix now. And uh, Scotty told me that him and Rachel had started watching it, and I was like, you know what? I watched this as a kid, and I am yelling at my screen, screen, you stupid bitches. Why are you going for <laughs> Why are you going for the ho- hoses when you should be getting the roast beefs? That's what I'm yelling at my fucking TV while I'm in my kitchen cooking. Are you talking about like when they're doing the the final mad dash and they Yeah, they don't fucking know. As you the- you got to hit your meats. You got to go and hit your cosmetics and your medicine. You got to go get that disposable film. You always got to get the shopping list to get the extra bonus. You got to pick up those bonuses when you see them. You're a chump if you don't get that shit. There was one guy that had the least amount of time to shop. He didn't get any bonuses. And he still got almost $1,000 in groceries just because he was knew what to fucking grab. I, I can't with you, man. This shouldn't make my blood pressure go so high. <laughs> I can't with you, man. Dude, it's fucking weird. Like, people are like, oh, man, have you seen this new movie? No, but I've watched this fucking TV show from 1991. <laughs> it's good. It's, it is so, the, it's one of those out. shows to play it's, in the background. It's, it's not a remake, you're telling me. You're legitimately watching the 1991 Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> I'm watching the 91 and the 2000 remake. <laughs> Dude, you don't know. In the 2000 remake, they brought in all this extra shit to get extra money. You don't know, man. You just, you had to be there. <laughs> Look, man, when I, don't, when I don't play video games, I have to bring something up that's somewhat comical. So what did what did they bring in the 2000? Oh, they brought in, you know, so when you're out there, the the one person is doing the shopping and the Mm. other person's just sitting back with a thumb up their ass. Yes. So they're like in the new one. They're like, if you go grab this bag of empty cans out there, you're going to make your partner have to stack this into a pyramid. And if they do it in a lot of time, they get an extra hundred dollars. So you're making the lazy assholes do something that aren't doing anything. So. I don't even know how supermarket sweep works. Like, is the prize just a free bag of groceries? No. So the first half of the show is trivia about, like, grocery products and stuff like that so that they can get more time to be out there shopping. Okay. And then once you're out there shopping, you only have a certain amount of time to shop, and you got to grab a bunch of shit that you think is going to be more expensive than whatever everybody else grabbed. Okay. So the point is to get all is like once you win that, then you have a minute to find three clues in the store to win five thousand dollars. That's the premise of the show. So the five thousand dollars is really the prize. Yeah, that's and that's when I lose my shit is when they, I know the clue, because what it is, is that the, the host gives them a clue and they're like, it's usually like some fucking stupid riddle. And they're like, okay, this is the product we have to go find. You go and find the product. You turn it. And the product has a big-ass circle that says Supermarket Sweep on it. 
So, like, you don't have to just find the product and then look for it on the shelf. You can just go into, like, I need to go to the salad dressings and then try to find this big fucking circle that's on the front of it. And then you look on the back of that product, it has the next clue. And then you go, so that's the first one. Then you go to the third one, and you behind the third one is where the money is. Okay. I put it on when I have nothing else to do. <laughs> Look, man, I can't watch like Doctor Who or anything or shit when I'm. That's a show that you got to pay attention to. This is a show that I can just zone out and work on my daytime work and also yell at some dumb bitches that might be dead since it was 20 years ago. Okay. 1991 was 19 years ago. <laughs> okay. You don't want to do a podcast with me anymore, D. I didn't say that. I, <laughs> I know the face that. when I see it. And it wasn't 19 years ago. It was 29 years ago. Nuh-uh. 1991 no. was 29 years ago. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Shit. And this is recorded. You're watching a television show that is almost as old as we are. Yeah, I was born in 88. I got to play more video games, man. You do. You do. I got some shit in. Uh, I got, hold on, I got my uh, retro, I bought some shit, and a lot of it came in this week. So I got my Retro Fighters controller in, my Dreamcast controller. Uh, I got it in two days before they announced the colored version, so I'm real happy about that. <laughs> uh, but no, this bitch feels great. feels real good. Uh, if you are interested in this, go check out Retro Fighters. It is the Striker DC controller, I believe. They they have DC uh, controllers. Have you tested it out yet? Yeah, I tested it on the Dreamcast. It plays. Uh, I think I had Marvel in there, so I just checked it out. It's, it seems pretty good. Okay. Uh, the N64 controllers are good too. I have a USB version and an actual N64 controller of that as well. Same. So, uh, I got my uh, my Scott Pilgrim vinyl in. Uh, that thing looks great. It's in super good condition. I got it for 20 bucks. I got the physical CD in as well. Did you ever get the fucking package I sent you? Which one? The one with Banjo-Kazooie in it. Yes, yes, I did. I thought okay. I said something to you. No, you said that it, you hadn't got it yet, and then you never followed up, so I was hoping, I really hope I his thought I Banjo- texted you thank you, because you got me a super sweet shirt with it, so. It fits weird, doesn't it? No, it fits fine. Does it? It's the yeah. stitchings on the sides. Like that's where the the shirt meets on the sides, and it feels weird to me. I don't know why. It just feels really weird. But I still wear it. I feel like their two XL is a little snug, though. Like it's not like a normal two XL. Well, maybe you're losing weight. So <laughs> I've I've been losing weight. I'm to the point where X, like XLs are what I slightly wear. tight. Oh wow, nice, very nice. Yeah. I have gained weight. I got to get back onto the horse so no i was just gonna say i i have not gained weight i've just lost body mass <laughs> it's just it's still there it just shifted it's exactly we're <laughs> it moving uh, around uh i think that's that's about it i've been playing some monster hunter uh getting back into final fantasy 7 or not 7 but final fantasy 14 again uh that's basically it okay uh, this was more of an admin week for me as well. Um, I've just been, if I haven't played anything outside of Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, um, only update to Ghost of Tsushima, uh, it does get harder. <laughs> it, okay. It, it, it I was does, wondering. It does get harder. Cause, uh, I just finished, uh, liberating the first part of the island. Cause the island is divided into three sections. I finished the first island 
and now I'm going into like mainland Tsushima, I guess, because it's it's somewhat separated. Um, and now you have to fight the Ronin, because as the storyline goes, something happens, and you now have to fight a lot of these these Ronin warriors. Ronin warriors, and they are relentless they are absolutely real like they're not like your typical mongol warriors they they're fucking nasty and one of the first fights that you have to engage in with a ronin is a duel and he's a bitch <laughs> he, he's a big bitch he's, he's got unblockables that i was not prepared for and you have this thing called heavenly strike where it's like the 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 super fast zoom yeah thing where you move the through. samurai move uh, i'm fucking abusing that shit as much as i can when i see there's like oh unblockable let me get out your way son uh but no that game gets a lot harder like a lot harder and it's more swampland which i guess a change in scenery is fine um you're in the uh what is it in dark souls one when you go to the the poison area yes uh blight town not blight blight town it blight is blight town. Town. that's what it is okay. yeah it's blight town yep so that's where i'm at with that uh other than that i've been doing work on the office uh bought another tv hung that shit up and moved some shit around um but besides that i would say that the only like interesting thing i've talked about this artist before he his name is maximilian uriart uh, he po he's the one that makes a lot of the comics for Terminal Lance. If you see any of the Marine mm -hmm. Corps comics that I post, he's usually the guy. And about, I want to say two or three years ago, he came out with this book called The White Donkey, which takes two of the most beloved characters from his Terminal Lance comic book and puts them into, like, the no-shit scenario. And it's it's one part comedy, but it's it's very... It's very um, candid about the experience that uh, Marine Corps service members exper uh, have while they're in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stresses and, you know, the battling the mundane lifestyle of being an active duty Marine in country. Because people think like, oh, when you go on deployment, you're going out there and just killing a bunch of people and going on combat missions and yada, 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 planes and tranks and all this. No, it's, it's, it's nothing like that. Um, so it's a really good book. I was actually thinking about sending it to you because it's, it's, it's that good. It's, it's very, very Same. deep. Um, but he came out with a new book called Battleborn uh, Lapis Lazuzzi. Uh, this is, it hits different. Um, there's, there's not really it, he's really like walked away from the comedical stuff outside mm -hmm. of what his regular um, comic strip Com is about. Uh, this one follows the story of Sergeant King, um, where he is going into like the cold lands of Afghanistan. Because believe it or not, uh, in the mountain areas, it, it is like below zero freezing. It's very very cold up there. And there's a lot of combat operations, especially with 2nd Battalion Marines and 10th Infantry Division in the Army, that when they would go up there, they would have to do their thing, so on and so forth, whatever. But this book tackles a lot of issues between racism and colonialism 
and even female integration into the infantry because I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in 2015, 2016, the United States Marine Corps and even the DOD as a whole was trying to integrate Marines into the infantry ranks to build equality. But one of the biggest things was we're not going to lower our standards. They have to raise theirs in order to join, which I agree, but I also think that every single combat MOS should be open to females if they're able to do it. And this tackles a lot of the cultural, like within the Marine Corps, the cultural challenges that the Marine Corps and the infantry faces bringing females into their ranks, um, as well as tackling some existing racist stereotypes. Uh, it is a fantastic book. It is super, super good. Um, his art style has improved a hundred times over. It's in full color. It's wow. vibrant. Uh, it's it's really well. Like I, I just want to see if I can find one of the the pages. Oh, it's, it's not a. It's a. It's a graphic novel. It's a graphic novel. So, yeah, he, okay, I thought these were book books. No, 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 no. It's a graphic. So like everything he does is like comics and shit like that but like so the first one's a book a uh, graphic novel as well yeah but i mean like look at that shit like that That's shit pretty. is gorgeous yeah that works real good for audio so <laughs> <laughs> uh no the other sorry one, the other man one's... i've i've had a little bit of rum so you know no, how it's, it is. it's fine uh no it's a great outstanding graphic <laughs> novels uh i highly recommend anybody that wants yeah. to check it out go check out terminallance.com or look they're pretty funny in Uri art it's it, it's a certain type of humor uh it's that last like, one you sent was really good the one where that, that last one i sent was me <laughs> <laughs> that last what one. what was it he was because the first one's like god i gotta deal with like dealing with all this marine shit and it's bullshit and then the one guy's like i'll bet you 10 bucks if you don't eat this hot water mre or something yeah so it's just like yo we get like shit pay because we only like as a lance corporal you're only getting like 1800 dollars a month and then taxes come out of that you're getting maybe 600 dollars every two weeks you're getting all this shit pay you have to do all this really dumb shit in the marine corps whether it be like doing your janitorial duties which is every fucking day or being stuck in the field doing dumb shit waiting around in the hot humid heat of camp lejeune it it's it's garbage don't get too personal <laughs> well, it's, it's i've i've got i've got issues man i've got issues but like, i've met you <laughs> when you have when you have a bunch of bored marines that have nothing better to do sometimes you do stupid shit so one time i was told hey i'll give you 20 bucks if you drink the water from your MRE heater and now what is that? You, I don't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we, we get MREs, MREs are meals ready to eat and right. they're all like cold packaged food mm -hmm. and shit like that. And some of them are good. Some of them are terrible. Um, don't get the veggie omelet. That's all I'm going to say. You still have some for some reason. <laughs> I got rid of them. I did. Get oh, rid of them. cause they expired. Uh, I got rid of them, but <laughs> Every single MRE comes with this little chemical heater. And the way that it works is that you, you put it into a semi-clear uh, little baggie and you pour water at the very bottom. And that water reacts with the chemicals that are in the heater and it begins Ugh. to heat up. It's very similar to a, uh, a pocket warmer. Ah! But it gets... <laughs> You're not supposed to eat that! It gets wet... 
It's the point. <laughs> like, I thought I was like, oh, he ate something that was just really gross. No, he ate something that could have killed him. So you you have that cook for a little bit. And mind you, when I drank it, it was still fucking hot. But I was 20 bucks richer. And I didn't feel any side effects. So I think I'm in the Except sleep. your heart doesn't work right. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I mean, if if you know what an MRE is, you know what one of those heaters are. That's what I did. And that's what the comic is about. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I was stuck in a forest for 14 days with nothing to do. We barely did anything. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, I, I thank you for your service, but. <laughs> but that's that's my week. There was something else I was going to bring up that was like so, pseudo news. Oh, did you happen to see the shit from Joe Rogan? Yes. I did not watch it. I just heard that he was, like, bashing video games. Okay, so this is... Was he bashing them? In order to tackle this this question properly, one, it would be better off if we had, like, the full thing that he said. So let me me actually search that. You have it as transposed. uh, Video games bullshit. Because uh, was he interviewing Ninja? Who was he interviewing? I I don't remember who he was talking about. I know that Ninja responded. Okay. Um, Which I don't so, give a shit. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Joe Rogan says that gaming is a real problem and a waste of time. Now, when we say this, when, when he says this, you also have to keep in mind that, one, Joe Rogan is, actually plays video games. Um, he's had many people on his podcast who are involved in the video game industry. The most notable one that I know of um, was not, not the original id software guy, but when they were promoting doom eternal Carmack, no, 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 it wasn't Carmack. It was, Carmack. It was a Spanish dude. Um, but he invited like the executive producer of doom, doom eternal. Doom no, eternal. Doom eternal. Okay. And it was actually really, really well done. I don't, like I said, I don't remember who who it was or, you know, what all they were talking about. But he also plays, like, Counter-Strike. Like, he admittedly played Counter-Strike. And I think that he had dabbled in World of Warcraft. Like, he's, it's not like he's never played a fucking video game. Right, but, the, but a lot, the, go ahead. I, I got some things to say, but go ahead. So the the big thing that he was saying is that video games are a waste of time and a real problem within the United States. And the context of that is that you have a lot of young guys and a lot of young women who are spending all of their time playing video games and not going out and learning skills or taking a skill on okay. uh, doing anything with their lives. So addicts. And it goes in, yeah, and it goes into the video game addiction conversation, right? And when we were talking about that way back in the day, you got to keep in mind that those are very specific parameters for people that fall in that category. That already have those tendencies to be easily easily susceptible to addiction. Right. And, I mean, there's another article where it says, like, Joe Rogan says grinding video games is a waste of time because there's no actual skills that come out of it. And what he's – apparently what he's not trying to target – is professional gamers like if you're if you're a pro at it then you know do what you got to do but if you're just a guy who's spending all of his time playing 
fucking Call of Duty or fucking Fortnite, and that's where you spend all your time, then you not with your a- in- your significant other, not taking your daily responsibilities, yeah. work responsibilities. Yeah, here's what okay. I was looking for. His his actual quotes were like, "Video games are a real problem." Rogan says they're a real problem. You know why? Because they're fucking fun. You do them and they're exciting, but you don't get anywhere. And when he says you don't get anywhere, he's saying like you don't get anywhere around you. At least that's the way that I'm interpreting it. It says Rogan contrasted video games with jujitsu and stated that someone who puts significant time into running a martial arts school would likely be experiencing success after three years of grinding, as opposed to three years of grinding on video games and being essentially in the same spot in your world, so to say. Okay. I I, I was going to argue before I actually, because I didn't watch the interview. I had just been seeing stuff about it, so I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. I do believe that video games do help uh, improve hand-eye coordination. I do believe that they help with reaction times just in general. I do see where he's coming from. He's talking about, like, the... Unless you're really, really good at the game, and you've shown that you're really, really good at a game, like fighting, like Justin Wong or Ninja, as much as I hate to say it and all that stuff, uh, don't let recreational video games take over your life is kind of what he's saying. That I can agree with. I can agree with that shit. I mean, I mean, here lately, ever since we bought this house, I've not played as much video games as I used to because I'm like, I'm out building shit. Like, I want to learn how to build shit, so I go and build shit. Or I want to go learn how to cook or something like that. So, But video games are a good way. Don't let them consume your life, just like with everything. Like, alcohol's fine in moderation. You know, video games, moderation. Drugs, moderation. All that shit. I, I don't necessarily... Like, I get what he's saying, and, I mean, there there's obviously the blanket statements about moderation and, like, you know, oh, you know, know how to, to spread out your time. But even then, I mean, like, if, if these kids are doing, like, content creation, if they're yeah, good enough it's a different to, thing. if they're good enough to, like, play the games, not necessarily at a professional level, but, like, be a coach or teach people how to fucking play. Or be comedic. Yeah, I mean, like... You can well, make then, money off of that. Then you're not, it's, I mean, you're a gamer, but you're also like a gamer comedian or a gaming right, but coach. Your income is essentially based off of video games. Yeah, there's extra titles that you could put attached to that. It doesn't always have to be professional, you know, because not, not yeah. everyone's going to be a professional. Like outside yeah, of fighting games, like you have to be signed to a team. You have to like try out and prove yourself. Much like oh, shit, how even things go in games, the NF- well. NFL and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, like if you're trying to join like a team like that, but in fighting games, anybody can go to a tournament and beat out like yeah. the top dogs. Even though We've it's, it's common, but it, it it happens. That's the nature of how the open brackets operate. Hmm. But I mean, it's trying out for a team on League of Legends or Overwatch or CS:GO is not far off from the way that you would go try out for the NFL or the NBA or some shit like that. Um, so like the comment, in my opinion, was kind of based in ignorance and bias, but I can understand where he's coming from because like anything, I mean, like take out the word of video games and put any other hobby, any yeah. other thing that's considered a hobby, a non-traditional way to spend your time. If you're not being productive, a time waster. I mean, I had, I had a, uh, I had a teacher, I think it was in like seventh grade that we, he was, he was like the career 
not orientation, but he was like the guy, career guy. He was teaching. Mm-hmm. I don't know what class it was called, but he was getting us ready. Career counselor? It's not so much a counselor because he had, he taught an actual class, but it was like career basics, like shit like that to get you ready for a career. Like, granted, it's set in seventh grade, which is fucking stupid. Economics. Uh, kind of. But he, I brought something up. He's like, well, what does everybody want to do with their life? And I was like, I want to, you know, make video games one day. That's back when I wanted to do that. And he goes, video games will never get you anywhere. He goes, I don't care what anybody says for you. They don't do anything for you. I was like, even then, I was like, well, I think they help with, like, hand-eye coordination. He was like, no, they don't. You don't know. He was a coach, like an actual sports coach that also taught a class. So, fuck that guy. But I think what a lot of people with this interview, they saw what Joe Rogan said in the first 15 seconds of the clip, and then they automatically were like, fuck Joe Rogan. Fuck this shit. You know, It's a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. It was like maybe, video games maybe. are a waste of time, and someone commented like they were like like podcasts and all that other stuff. So, anytime somebody takes a hot take that is, you know, I'm not gonna say that it's it's necessarily wrong, but it's something that's going to infuriate a a fan base. Like, there's obviously gonna be knee jerk reactions. It's Joe Rogan. He doesn't give a shit about making anybody mad. <laughs> And the thing is, is that the more people that hear that and react to it, the more fucking clicks he's going to get. So just like that us. hot take. Yeah, that hot take <laughs> that he that he drops uh, just made him more money. So I mean, it's the same way. Like how fucking what's his name? The guy that's like, I'm tired of them putting chemicals in the water, making the turn the freaking frogs gay. Alex Jones. Uh, oh, Alex Jones. I love him. He is an American you- treasure. Did you? Oh, fuck Fucking you! Did you him. ever see him on Joe Rogan? Where? Yeah. And we yeah. can. I won't. I won't say the. Episode. I won't say the word. But he's like, look, I'm a little R word, and Joe Rogan just fucking loses it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. That's my favorite quote from him. Is I'm tired of them putting chemicals in the water, turning the freaking frogs gay. Have you heard the song? No. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be at the end. That's don't do that. And you went from oh, Sonic yeah. and Knuckles last week to Alex Jones remix yeah. this week. People yeah. already think we're Trump supporters, all right? So, <laughs> uh, let's, let's. Bro, it is fucking gold. It's fucking gold. I you need to you. post it in the Discord. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll watch it or listen to it later. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, God. That's fine. If, uh, this podcast is going to come out, and that's going to be the fucking ending. And then episode 58 was the last episode I was ever on of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. All right. What do we got on the docket first? Okay. So Japanese developers established the fighting game publishers roundtable. Uh, we don't know if this is going to be an annual thing. I hope so. But this was the first like major sit down between all of the major fighting game publishers where they discuss upcoming uh, plans, things that they're implementing right now. We got some character reveals, but let's just get into it. So this week, representatives from Capcom, Bandai Namco, Arc Systems Work, SNK, Arika, and Koei Tecmo was in attendance to discuss the genre esports and some, some hot new content. The round table was attended by uh, Katsuhiro Harada of Tekken 7, Motohiro uh, Okubo from Soul Calibur 6, Street Fighter 5 producer Shu, uh, Shuhei Matsumoto, uh, also Street Fighter 5 director Takayuki Nakama, uh, Nakayama, Guilty Gear General Director Daisuke Ishiwatari. I'd never seen him before. I didn't know that's who he was. 
Yeah, he he cut his hair. He used to have like super long hair because he was a major like hard rock metalhead. Uh, like his office is like all cluttered. He's got like skateboards and guitars everywhere. He was pretty he's the cool dope. guy. Now that he became like general director of ASW, uh, he he had to clean up, I guess. I guess so. uh, ASW general battle director Kazuto Sakine, uh, SNK producer Yasuyuki Oda, SNK director Nobuyuki Kuroki, fighting EX layer producer Akira Nishitani. And Dead or Alive 6 producer Yohei Shinbori, which really surprised to see that last one. Yeah. Uh, the presentation started with an hour of everyone answering questions from the fans, but with some topics like the future of fighting game experiences and online play being discussed. Uh, the group only got through four of the major prompts. Major <laughs> announcements include Dead or Alive 6 base game and season pass will be on sale from the 5th to the 18th of August, with a new character, Tamaki, being released in the arcade versions of the game. Console version is coming soon. Uh, SNK's Samurai Showdown is currently in their s- development for Season 3. Gosung Lee from the popular, Jap- uh, t- popular Chinese MOBA, Honor of Kings, will be released as free DLC on the 5th of August. And King of Fighters 15 content will be revealed in the near future. Capcom didn't share much because they have an independent showcase later on this week on the 5th to show off a new character for Street Fighter V Championship Edition. I think their new, their last season is kicking off this month. Soul Calibur Six announced their newest character, Setsuka, a blonde umbrella-wielding swordsman with close ties to Mitsurugi, along with a new episode for Grow, Battle Adjustments, and a new stage. Tekken 7 announced Season 4 will be uh, will have more information being revealed this fall. Uh, new updates include new moves for all characters and online enhancements. Hopefully true rollback because Harada doesn't understand what actual fucking rollback is. <laughs> but uh, he's Dragon so Ball cool. Fighter Z, he, he's a funny dude. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z didn't have any updates, but they are planning on revealing some things in August, probably the new season with the new set of characters. Uh, or the remaining characters. I don't remember if it's a new season or not. Arc System Works announced that Arc Revo Online will be will be going on this year for both America and the uh, and Japan. Uh, Japan will be holding brackets for Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Guilty Gear XR Rev Two, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, and Underneath in Birth. America will only have brackets for Cross Tag Battle and Grand Blue. Grand Blue will also see a new update later this week, possibly a new character. And finally, Guilty Gear Strive revealed a bit of old and a bit of new in the form of Leo Whitefang coming back in Strive along with the final reveal of Nagori Yuki as the new character along with the announcement that Strive will be released on the PlayStation 5. A new character is set to be revealed in early October. That's a young Leo, right? No, uh... So I don't even know. <laughs> you don't like, know how the timeline of this game. I don't works know anymore. where this game in the timeline is fitting because, like, from from what I understand, it was supposed to be like a hard reboot of the series. Okay. So I don't know if this is completely unrelated from the storyline. I don't know if like Strive is supposed to be its own thing from Exard. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. You also oh, no. left I, out the part that that other character is a vampire swordsman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to get into like what they look like because I mean, like Guilty Gear is my game. Guilty Gear is right. what I pay attention to. So, yeah. Uh, hold on. 
Happy Dude says, like, new moves for everyone. This is going to fuck. Yes, in Tekken 7, every single character is going to have new moves. They are looking for a complete overhaul of the meta. So mix That's one way to do it. Which I think is great. Like, the best thing that you can do for any sort of competitive game, instead of looking at nerfs, look at buffs for everybody. Or, in this case, look at new moves. Because now it's the Wild West all over again. So yeah, characters that were shit tier could be top tier now. That's really exciting. Um, going back to my baby though, uh, Leo, Leo's cool, I guess. I'm surprised. I've he's always back. liked him. I've always liked him. Like I'm surprised he's back because I I I didn't think he was popular enough. Because in the first two iterations of Guilty Gear, both base and Revelator, he was he was strong. He's always been like a decent mid tier character. But in Rev 2, he kind of, like, fell back because a lot of other characters were getting buffs. He's never been, like, a top 8 character. But, I mean, you you saw him in certain top placings. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, like, a lot of people fell off of him when Rev 2 was released. That's why I'm surprised that he's making a comeback. And that's the same conversation that you can have with Ramathal. Because Ramathal was really good in the first iterations of Guilty Gear. Of Guilty Gear Exard. Uh, and then after that, she became one of the worst characters in the game. So her return, I mean, is it because it's fan popularity or if they're trying to, like, diversify the, the movesets? Um, Still no Anji. Make everyone... Yeah, no Anji. I would love to see Anji come back. Uh, Anji and Biking guy... in the same game? Mm-hmm. But this new guy, um, Nagoro Yuki... He, it's pretty cool. <laughs> he is Hakuman. Like, that's all I can think of. This is Black Hakuman. Okay. Like, he's got the crazy long range. So, if you've ever played Blaze Blue, Hakuman is one of, like, the core characters. He's supposed to... As he's far like as the ninja-looking dude, right? Yeah, he looks like a cybernetic ninja. But okay. he's, he's a samurai, and he's got this really long fucking sword. And his, his play style is a little weird, because instead of building meter... He builds up stocks. So he's got like this little gauge that's constantly like filling up (laughs) over and over and over again. And he's got eight stocks that certain moves that you use will expend a certain number of stocks. So uh, Brett can probably explain it better to you. But if you if you know who Jin Kisaragi is, he's supposed to be Hakuman in like 10 or 15 years in the future coming back to kill Ragna because he's the black beast. Blaze blue lore is, is fucking wild. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I'm not here for it. Yeah. For it. So <laughs> sure. Just, if you look at, if you look at Hakuman, you look at, uh, Nagori Yuki, you'll just look, say that's the same character. And it feels like that. It feels like okay. that. he's got a command grab from what it looks like. Uh, he's a cybernetic samurai (laughs) he looks like he has two stances i don't know if it's based on the two separate swords that he uses but he's got one stance where he's got the mask on and it's like normal attacks and then he's got the mask off and his sword is blood red and he's like exploding abilities and like he like throws somebody in the air and is like slicing them up in the air. It's 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 crazy. We need biking in this game now. We need I want biking. We need we... two samurais going again. We just need Sam Show in Guilty Gear. <laughs> yes, we we need we need the the samurai standoff. That's what it, that it's what it needs. 
what it is. Because I don't think she's really ever had one, like another samurai style. Johnny? Johnny? Yeah, I was going to say Johnny because he's a katana as well. Yeah. So. He's like a modern samurai. Mm-hmm. He's Johnny Bravo is what he is. <laughs> he really is. Anytime he swings his sword, just go, hoo hoo <laughs> <laughs> Someone mod that. Someone mod that in. I mean, it's on the PC. It could happen. Mm-hmm. That's but cool, though. That's, like, it's it's dope. This week, you know, Capcom's gonna have his event. We're gonna have its event. Um, so I'm I'm somewhat excited to see what the new characters are for Street Fighter Five because I've been trying to dip my feet in there. Um, as far as Tekken Seven is concerned, I just want. I Kiryu. wonder if you yeah. put Kiryu in Kiryu Tekken Seven or Majima. I will play the game. I will play uh, the fucking game. I wonder if this is in response to the cancellation of uh, Evo, because it seems like this is something that would happen at Evo. Like, a lot of these big representatives would come together. I could sort of see that. I know Harada would be there. Harada's always at Evo. And it kind of goes into the next article that we're talking about with, like, Evo being the E3 of the fighting game community. Because that's when you see, like, a lot of your big reveals. Like, Evo 2019, that's when Strive was revealed. Huge, big fucking deal. Uh, this is this round table. It's it's a good thing because we don't we don't have that. We need more I mean? company. We need more game genres to do this. <laughs> yeah, and I think like as far as like the actual sit down talks are concerned, the fact that now Japanese developers and publishers are seriously looking at rollback as an option because yeah, you know, the people overseas can't play your fucking fighting game. Like, that's a huge deal. It's sad that a global pandemic had to happen for them to realize this. This is so. this is the legacy of COVID-19. Roll back netcode. The legacy. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it right there. That's the podcast title. That's a, that's a fucking good title. Legacy of COVID. Roll back netcode. Colon. Roll back netcode. That's fucking great. That's, that's where we're at. That's so fucking good. All right. Let's move on to the next article that we have. Next article we have is major publishers are doing just fine without E3. In an article by Carter Rogers on Super Data Research, we've seen the results of an industry without the ESA-led conference E3. The transformation of E3 from the preferred platform of gaming's biggest announcements to a fan-focused event, coupled with the news that Sony would not be attending the 2020 conference, raised questions about the show's relevance long before the onset of COVID-19. In normal times, we might have seen companies gradually shift away from E3 in favor of their own showcases, but instead, game makers were were forced to try their hand at decentralized announcement events overnight. So far, it looks like the biggest publishers will be absolutely fine without big big conferences like E3. But indie and mid-sized developers may fall behind during this no- during this new normal. Major publishers like Blizzard and PlayStation have been putting on their own events, complete with re- big reveals for years. Fans and media pay attention to these announcements no matter where or when they happen, so it makes sense for them to control the message and avoid competing with hundreds of other announcements. It's not unlike that how Apple pulled out of CES in favor of their own events. In contrast, smaller companies with less buzz surrounding them benefit from the mainstream attention E3 brings to gaming. Big, boisterous industry events cause uh, cause people to pay attention to announcements they otherwise might miss, and live streams are not a perfect replacement. The reception to the June 11th PlayStation 5 reveal demonstrated that Sony is one of the companies that is fine skipping E3. 
Plenty of people were eager to hear more about the successor to one of the most popular consoles of all time, and the event had the highest average minute audience of recent similar gaming events like the Game Awards or the Xbox E3 2019 briefing. Ubisoft showed that AAA, uh, AAA publishers can generate interest in standalone events even without something as significant as a console reveal. The Ubisoft Forward 2020 stream on July 12th had higher viewership than the company's E3 2019 broadcast as gamers tuned in to see the Far, Far Cry 6 trailer, which was teased after a prior leak. Viewership wasn't just due to organic interest, though. The publisher announced watchers would be rewarded with a free PC copy of Watch Dogs 2, and demand for the title caused the company's servers to be overwhelmed. It should also be noted that the company's misconduct controversy did not seem to impact the viewership or interest in the Ubisoft game lineup in the short term. Big publishers don't need E3 if they can generate hype through the promise of big announcements or incentives to watch, but not all game makers can rely on this strategy. For example, the PC Gaming Show, which focuses mainly on a wide range of indie to mid-sized games, experienced lower, li lower live viewership on its official stream in 2020 than in 2019. Without the likelihood of headline-grabbing announcements, some viewers may not have felt it was worth tuning in when the event wasn't already part of a wall-to-wall -wall E3 press conference. The result of switching to remote conferences in 2020 show that AAA developers are fine skipping E3 or other events if they so choose, at least when it comes to generating coverage. However, smaller publishers and developers benefit from proximity to bigger announcements. The, the organizers of uh, virtual events like Guerrilla Collective and the future game shows should be commended for putting on showcases this summer, but these po probably can't replace the attention-grabbing value of a big conference. Until big in-person gaming events return, the most successful small developers will be those who can form partnerships with platform holders and top publishers. This allows them to get their games in front of the consumers when they are keeping an eye out for the biggest announcements. For example, the indie game Bugsnatch from, from Young Horses generated buzz after it generated buzz. You motherfucker. <laughs> Generated buzz after its trailer debuted, debuted uh, during the PlayStation 5 reveal. For companies that aren't AAA publishers or associated with, uh, associated with one, the current environment will limit their exposure to potential players and has shown just how valuable these gatherings can be. I mean, we the first part of this, we said this months ago that it wasn't going to impact big developers. But it is unfortunate that the people that I personally enjoy more are the indie games suffer more. I gotta take a minute to drink, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's... It's unfortunate. I'm hoping that we'll, sti we'll still see more of things that Nintendo is doing, like the partner program, when they were showing a lot of the third-party yeah. developers. The and indie, indie showcases. But... Even then, it's it's not enough. It really isn't. There's a there's a game that's out called I think it's called a Bug's Tale, and it is a Paper Mario successor, like old school Paper Mario Thousand Year Door type mm. game. Um, let me see if I can find it. For the record, I fucking hate Bug Snatch, Bug Snacks. Sorry, <laughs> I don't like Bug Snatch either. So, <laughs> okay, the game is called Bug Fables. And it is heavily inspired by uh, Paper Mario. No, no, no one talked about it. Arlo talked about it. That's the only reason why I found out about it. And I, 
I've been planning on checking out and playing it. I think I bought it for both the Switch and the. It and has Steam. very good ratings. Yeah, no, no, no. It's super good, like really, really good. So, but no one talked about it. When did this release? This is relatively recent. I th- okay, so it released May twenty eighth. So maybe yeah, I two, heard nothing about this. I didn't hear anything about this. This is unfortunate because this, yeah, it doesn't have the Mario shit, but it still looks just like the Mario shit. Wow. Yeah. So, you have more than just two characters, too. Hmm, I might check that out. Because but games like this, like even did Panzer Paladin, when it, leading up to its release, did that get uh, eyes on it through PlayStation or Nintendo? I don't no, think not so. really. I don't remember ever seeing a showcase that showed it. Powell said he went to PAX, I think, and that's where he played it. But still, no, none of the big developers showed it off. And it's on the Switch. It's on Switch and Steam. So, mm-hmm. like, it should have been on, like, it should have got the coverage like Curse of the Moon 2 did. Like, it didn't, it didn't get a, it has a launch trailer, but it doesn't have, like, the the coverage that a Nintendo Direct Mini, yeah, or a and it's unfortunate because it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's super good. So. That's what I'm afraid is like. There's a lot of games that are out. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of games that are out there that I don't want to call them shit, but they're not. They're not for me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, and I okay. feel like they might not be for a lot of people. Uh, but then you have stuff like this that just gets overshadowed. And I'm telling you, the indie game name gets a bad rep. It does. Not so much as it used to. It used to get really bad. Like, oh, that's an indie game? That's going to be a shit game. But now it's a little bit better. But there's so many people that just don't even know about indie games. And they're just like, AAA, AAA. If it's not AAA, I'm not playing it. AAA. And also, I wanted to point out on the Ubisoft shit, too. There's some heinous fucking shit going on at Ubisoft. And they didn't address anything in there because we watched it i mean we we do a news podcast so we do have to watch it and update people about the information but they didn't even they addressed it with a tweet right before the ubisoft event there was a couple there was something there's more that's going on in, behind the scenes i just i didn't want to cover it for a third week in a row no no we're not we're not going to get much farther into it but just like saying. they they just recently had two more vice presidents or you know high level executives uh step down if you, want in-depth, if you want in-depth if you want in depth review about it, go check out Jim Sterling. He yeah. talks about he is being relentless and he's not letting up with talking about it. He's exposing everything about it. So go don't don't listen to us for it. Go check it out over at Jim Sterling's YouTube page. Yeah. But but as far as what's going on with this, um I would like to see someone step up and really do like an indie showcase. Like a no mm-hmm. shit indie sh- showcase where they take some of the most high quality games that we've seen, uh, either coming up or upcoming games, and just really pound it home, saying like, "Yo, these games are fucking fantastic." I mean, don't we have Fables. a sequel? Don't we have a sequel of Hollow Knight coming out too? Yeah, Silk Song, I think it's called or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's out yet. No, but, but I mean, there's but the hardly thing is, anything is that about that- it. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. That was shown at E3. That was shown was it at, shown? Uh, on. Okay. A, it was shown on a Nintendo Direct. Okay. But 
like you're not seeing anything about Panzer Paladin. You're not seeing anything about Bug Fables. You're not seeing anything like you saw something for Curse of the Moon. And part of the reason why you saw something for Curse of the Moon is because the, the first, first one was so, Bloodstained yeah. did exceptionally well. You know, there was actually some stock behind it. I want to say that, that the the Curse of the Moon did better than the actual Bloodstained game. Yeah, which is unfortunate because Bloodstained. Um, I don't know what the the title Ritual of Night. Actual. Thank you. I uh, think the game is really really good. It's just... a, but it is a Symphony of Symphony of the Night ca- uh, Castlevania, while Curse of the Moon is your traditional Castlevania. Yeah, I think the term is Egovania. Egovania, whatever. So, yeah. but, all right, that's, let's go on to that's our it last about one. E3. Let's talk about like the really weird shit. This is this happened like a couple days ago too. Yeah, this is super recent. Sega's president Kenji Matsubara has resigned from his role. In a statement issued on Friday, games publisher uh, the games publisher claimed that Matsubara's resignation was due to personal reasons, and the exec has served as president since 2017. Matsubara joined Sega in 2014 as a chief technology officer. Uh, before his appointment, the exec spent nearly a decade as the CEO of Koei Tecmo. Prior to that, he served in the same role as a Japanese arm in Zynga. It's unclear what may have precipitated Matsubara's resignation, but it doesn't appear that it had been planned. In April, he seemed to be fully involved in Sega's operation and was given chief publishing officer duties in addition to his president role. He served as Sega Sammy's board director, another role that he's vacating Friday. And when we say Friday, we mean last Friday. Uh, In an interview published last year, Matsubara discussed his Sega strategy in targeting consumers outside of Japan. To quote, when I became the company executive, I told myself to create globally and then deliver globally. Sega has many game creation studios, not only in Japan, but also in Asia and Europe. This is what it means to create globally. This is a unique trait that our rival firms do not all share. Persona 5, developed in our subsidiary company Atlas, is about a Japanese high school student in local areas like Shibuya and Sengjin... Uh, I can't pronounce that. Sengjin Jaya. <laughs> whatever. Sengin uh, Jaya. Sure. Uh, it was created by Japanese people with Japanese viewpoints, but it was popularized by international communities thanks to translating Japanese culture along with the language, on top of good marketing and promotions. The games created by Atlas actually have higher sales overseas than in Japan. Sega Sammy did not immediately respond to the request for comment on Matsubara's departure and the events surrounding it. Sega's new leadership void comes uh, as the company tries to reinvent itself in the ever-changing gaming industry. While Sega served as one of the most prominent game companies in the 1990s, since the discontinued Dreamcast console in 2001, it focused on game development and delivered variety titles, some of its most popular franchises, including Sonic the Hedgehog. It's weird. I'm worried because every time that someone says that they've been, they stepped down due to personal reasons, at least in the United States, it's been because they've been a shitty person. <laughs> so, usually when you see shit like this in Japan, there's the, like sexual misconduct, honestly, you don't really see that from Japan. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to go after when I see this and we're talking about Japan, I think he got caught doing drugs. I think he got caught doing like cocaine because that's the only time that I see somebody from Japan, unless it's like money laundering or, or anything along those lines. Like what happened with Yakuza and it happened twice. Yeah. 
where the the voice actor or the the actor that was playing as one of the main villains in Yakuza 6, I think, they had to swap him out. And even in Yakuza 4 or 3, they had to patch him out of the game. Which is because... goofy because he's doing things his bad character would do. <laughs> so... <laughs> so for him to step down, I mean, I, I could be wrong. It could be medical reasons. It could be like he had a life-altering yeah. event and he wants to spend more time with his family. Yeah, it's just but out I of think character. They, they, they would say health things unless it was strictly stated we don't want that going out. Just say personal reasons. That could be it. I mean, America's kind of shitty. So whenever I think about Americans, it's either like they were fucking around on their significant other. But with Japan, I'm like, oh, this guy must be dying. <laughs> 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 like, I know they're not all they're honorable. That doesn't mean they're all good people. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, Man. that's that's the weirdo just, shit. It, yeah, it just happened really quickly too. It's it's worrisome too because they are like this is a time where they do need a president right now because they are trying to make like a transition into what they want to be in the future. Yeah, and uh, I was just I I remember an article we talked about. You remember the arcades that Sega was doing with like the online and stuff like that? Yes. I wonder I wonder if anything else has happened with that. I mean, that's I super to, recent with the Fog Gaming. That's yeah, amazing. that was probably like a couple months ago, wasn't it? Not even. That was June. That was June when we talked about it. That was only a handful of podcasts ago. Well, fuck you. So there we go. <laughs> I'm an American. I could say that. That's the last thing I say if I'm losing an argument. Well, fuck you. And you're supposed to be like, yeah, you're right. Fuck me. So <laughs> Buy me dinner first. All right. Well, that's all we got for news. It's been kind of slower this week. So it's it's slower if we didn't want to talk about shit we've already been talking about. Yeah. Like you said with the Ubisoft stuff. We're trying not to be so redundant with the news. Uh, we bring, we'll bring like big shit. Like if something happens in those stories, we'll say that. But eh. all right, fun. let's get to the most fun part. Questions. Questions. We have three. I guess. Uh, Haru asked, do you have a palate cleanser game or media that you go to in order to wind down? Palate cleanser game. Lately, especially the last couple of years, I've just been playing Monster Hunter to kind of chill and wind down. Uh, if we're talking about retro games, uh, I'll play Mega Man X. That kind of winds me down. Uh, Harvest Moon I used to play a lot just to kind of chill and all that shit. Uh, media. Uh, I'm gonna with media. I'll say like movies or TV shows, just something funny. Like I'll watch that '70s show, or uh, stand-up comedies. I'll put those on, and that'll I'll just chill out to those. And then music. It's just really like if I really if I'm really anxious or if I really feel upset, uh, I'll put on Rush. Rush calms me down all the time. Uh, as far as video games are concerned, um. Because I play so many, uh, I don't have, like, that one go-to. And if I'm trying to wind down, I'm definitely not going to play a fucking fighting game. Because that's when I need to, like, be at my... God my damn it! Game. Is that, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm winding down. <laughs> uh, but if I'm... If it's a, I would say maybe, like, an open-world adventure game. Maybe, like, an RPG. Something, I feel like you'd be pretty chill easy. with, like, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. You could do stupid shit in Breath of the Wild and Skyrim. Or you could just take uh, it in the scenery. I would even say, like, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, Ghost yeah, of Tsushima something recent. is really easy to uh, to wind down to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, as far as music is concerned, like, Chill Step. 
like usually some sort of electronica. I'm not trying to summon Satan with my black metal. I'm not trying to fucking hype up with my crazy experimental hip hop and R&B you know, and whatever. Unless I'm playing uh, Nujalis. I've been really getting into Nujalis lately. Do you mean Nujabis? Nujabis? That's what it is. Nujabis. Samurai yeah. Shampoo. I was just about... That's so weird because we had... Yeah. Listeners, me and Chris usually only talk to each other during this podcast recording every week. So, like, I was about to say when I was younger, I would put on new jobbies and just listen. Because not only is, like, what is it, uh, War Cry or something like that. The Samurai Shampoo main song. Uh, I think it's Battle Cry. Battle Cry. That's what it is. He has a lot of other good albums, too, with some really good collaborations with other rappers got, and stuff, too. Yeah, like, Feathers is such a good song. Lady Brown is dope. It is um, so unfortunate what happened to him. Yeah. That that was a he was a he was a genius. He was a genius. He insane. So I've been really getting into new job is. But outside of that, just just something chill. Usually usually electronic or acoustic guitar. Those are are the ones I like. Uh, The Midnight recently for me, too. I was been listening to their new album. I have to listen to the new album. I heard it's pretty good. I like Deep Blue. I need to go back and listen to it. yeah, just a lot of that stuff I found out recently, like Gun, uh, Powell got me into that. I think Gun is really into... good. Yeah, Gun. It's, really... it's not. It's Gunship. I think it's Gunship. Gunship. That's what it is. Yeah. I was thinking of Sonic Adventure Two with Gun. So, uh, but yeah, just some chill, like, cause I I have anxiety really bad, uh, so that'll help a lot. So, there you go. H two O Happy Dude asks, how do you feel about the re-release or remaster okay. of a game? not being 100% how you remember. For example, RE2 or Final Fantasy VII Remakes, not being a one-for-one recreation to its original counterpart. Zombie Hunter adds in, I think the better question would be to uh, would be about remakes not being 100% complete or even worse than the original. So we need to set some ground rules with this question because there is a difference between a remaster and a remake. Now, if you're going down saying that the remake remake is not one for one as to the original, it's not supposed to be. Right. It is a remake. It is a re-envisioning of the game. Now, if you take that and flip it, if the remaster is not a one for one, then yes, I feel like you have somewhat of a problem there. Somewhat. Nothing really big. Most of the time in my situation, I'm like, I'm happy this even got a fucking remaster. So Re- I think that remasters need to be one for one because yeah. all you're doing is like a graphical uptick HD remaster glitches. Yeah. HD remaster. That's what, that's what that's supposed to be. When you talk about remakes, I think there's a lot more liberal uh, Liberty that a developer final fantasy seven. I mean, that's, that's the extreme. Yeah. And totally. Know completely I, different. That's y'all know how I feel about that. That game is fantastic, but I mean, yeah, I feel what people are saying about, Final Fantasy 7 remake like yeah. oh it's not a one for one blah 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 well it's not you supposed know, to be I'm only playing this it's not supposed to be if so, you want the remaster go play the best version on the PC yes so. switch version's not bad either but yeah, when you're when fine. you're talking about like RE2 and RE3 those remakes i mean i don't know what you're ultimately trying to get at because I think those games are still really fucking good. And they, unless you correct, correct me if I'm wrong, they stay true to the story. So I didn't play the originals that really. I'm not that guy to talk to. That would be like Scotty and Kusanagi to talk to. Okay. 
I don't know. Like, there's one part of the question that's interesting. Have you ever played a remaster or a remake that was worse than the original? Yes. Yes, I have. What would that be? I'll let you take a drink. (laughs) Well, for one, uh, usually when you see a re-release of a fighting game, that is um, kind of suspect. Usually when they try to remaster a fighting game, uh, I am looking at the 30th anniversary Street Fighter collection. It's not great. They botched that real hard. It's not good. Um, what else? I am not a fan of the remaster, I guess you can say, of Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 3. They have a combo, they have a combo disc of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco Mm -hmm. put together. And I don't, I've never played Eco and I can't find a copy in the wild. I don't know how much it is, but the PS3 version, I think it kind of like trips over itself a lot. I also have Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 4, which I don't know why they did that, but I think that that's supposed to be more of a remake than a remaster, but it's still one for one from what I heard. Um, What else is bad? The Chrono Trigger remaster. I guess it's a remaster for <laughs> yeah. the PC and the phone. That was really bad. That was a bad <laughs> remaster. Um. What they did for the three for the DS was really good, and they added a lot mm-hmm. more features to it as well. Yeah, they you did. have that extra dungeon, more final weapons. Um, I mean, if I really think about it, there's probably a lot of them. A lot of remasters are just not up to snuff, and it sucks because when you're porting something over to a newer console, you don't want to have to go back to get the the quintessential or the the ascent, the, I can't say the word. It's bad. It's hard. Uh, the best version of the game. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Scotty Mo asked, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remakes OST got announced, and it reminded yep. me that anime and video games introduced me to ska and other genres of music. What's the weirdest way you learned about a band or genre that you're still into today? I learned uh, about Linkin Park through a Dragon Ball Z uh, AMV on YouTube. (laughs) Yep. I still, to this day, say it's the best AMV. It's one of the songs off of uh, Hybrid Theory, and it's mixed with the history of Trunks, and it's fucking great. It's so good. I'm going to find it now. I I must find this now. I don't think I have one. What? Okay, it doesn't have to be an AMV. Like, it can just be something... Well, no, no, not even. Like, so I didn't play a lot of games that used licensed music. So, like, playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater, I didn't play a lot of that. Uh, And when I did finally play Tony Hawk Pro Skater, it was still around the same time that the game came out. I already knew who, like, New Found Glory was, or uh, NoFX, or fucking rancid was so like i know those bands um brutal let brutal legend like i played that because of the music that was on there so i didn't really like learn anything from the video game as far as anime is concerned uh a lot of music in anime sucks like i'm not mouth (laughs) it's not a fan like a lot of the licensed music when you have like the openings and shit like that it's not good hold on i have to see if this is it I have to turn the volume up. No, where's the volume? 
I th- I don't know. I'll find it and post it in the Discord. So it's a, another reason for you to go and check out our Discord. Uh, I heard that and I was like, oh shit. And then not long after that, my cousin was like, have you ever heard of Linkin Park? I was like, I saw it on a Dragon Ball Z YouTube video once. So, <laughs> uh, I saw that too. Another uh, Rhapsody of Fire. I think that's a band. Yes. And I saw that. I found them out because of a Dragon Ball GT AMV. Uh, they were playing a song. I was like, that's fucking dope. So I found out about Rhapsody of Fire. Uh I found out about New Jabes from uh, Samurai Shampoo. So I didn't find out about New Jabes from Samurai Shampoo. I found out from a buddy of mine who gotcha. had his actual legit CD. And then I later found out that he did Samurai Shampoo. This is a good segue into something I wanted to talk about. Uh, I got into like bluesy. And this is weird because I come from Memphis, which is like blues and rock and all that stuff but i got really into blues and rock because of the cowboy bebop soundtrack i i could feel that and the reason i i bring that up is because it actually is being released i think funimation is releasing a vinyl set of it and uh my favorite song of all time off of any of the soundtracks is spooky doki and spooky doki is great because it starts with that harmonica and it's super super bluesy uh, yes, I like it more than Tank. I don't care if you at me. Uh, the only problem with that vinyl is it doesn't have the real folk blues on it. And I think it has to be some licensing issues on that. Like, the real folk blues was the ending to the entire series. And mm-hmm. I think maybe the band would not release the, like, the copyright for it. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, another one that I personally love is, I don't know if you remember the episode Heavy Metal Queen. With the older chick that had the cat in her spaceship, uh, yes. she plays. She plays a song called "Live in Baghdad," and that song is the fucking tits. It is my number two favorite off of any of the Cowboy Bebop stuff. But check that out on Funimation too, because that I even though it's lacking those two songs, it has Tank, it has Spooky Doki. Depending on the price, I'm probably gonna pick it up. But I mean, Spooky Doki got my buddy to buy a harmonica set. To start learn like he got a harmonica set at the store we were working at that were in different like core like at H harmonica and all this other shit like, and he's tried he didn't fucking get good at it at all, but he like like Spooky Doki's so fucking good, uh, and also just like butt rock anime, like G Gundam got me into that just like really stupid OVA openings and stuff like that and the Tony Hawk games too got me into a bunch of bands I never heard of before because of like hip-hop like hip-hop bands i never heard of before and metal bands i never heard of before so i think that the only thing that can really allude to is that fighting games during a very specific time frame and i really am going to give this one to third strike um made me chase a particular sound for a while in my hip-hop like during the time that i was playing fighting games we were going through the bling era of hip hop, which I absolutely hate. So we're talking about like 50 cent, uh, G <laughs> unit, the game, uh, <laughs> early wheezy fucking, uh, God damn. Who else? Nelly, I guess. Yeah. Nelly. De- definitely. Look, if you don't like, what is it? Country grammar. You can get the fuck off of my front porch right now. <laughs> I don't know what country grammar is. Is that supposed to be like uh young blood or young money or no, that's one of Nelly's songs. 
Okay, yeah, no, I I can't fucking stand him. Um, Shut your mouth. <laughs> the the hip hop that I do like, I I like Mad Villain. I like Mad Lib. I like uh, MF Doom, which is essentially those two in a single project. MF Doom set, reminds me of. I think MF Doom was on Adult Swim at some point. Yes, they okay. had they had albums that were coming out like small EPs, and then yeah, there was. There was like a licensing issue, or like the relationship deteriorated. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Adult Swim is responsible for a lot of the underground hip hop, yeah, getting popular in the first place. In fact, they're the only reason why Run the Jewels exists, because the what? Yes, the executive producer for Adult Swim is actually very close with LP, and LP used to do a lot of beats for Adult Swim. And the executive That's producer so was weird. also really close with uh, Big Boy, who uh, fucking Killer Mike was part of his posse for years. This like, is the the Kevin Bacon game, but with <laughs> really, it's the like you can like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, and like you can take any subject and relate it in six steps to Kevin Bacon. This is what this shit is. <laughs> I I didn't know that. But yeah, no, Adult Swim is the only reason why RTJ is a thing. Because the executive producer was also close to Big Boy who knew who Killer Mike was. And they got into the studio, they did a few projects, and then Killer Mike was like, oh no, you need to produce my record. And LP was just like, I've got all this other bullshit going on. And I think Killer Mike flew to fucking New York, flew to Brooklyn, and like was like, no, we're doing this now. <laughs> and Killer Mike's last album before going into Run the Jewels, uh, rap music, is absolutely phenomenal. It's his best record. Because his, his other records, they're okay. Like, you could tell that Killer Mike is a decent lyricist, but mm-hmm. rap music has some of the best fucking production. Is that, that the whole game heard. over on it? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think it has, like, uh, the Ronald Reagan song, I they don't remember off the what'd top you, of my What'd head. you say it was called? It was called... Uh... Rap Music. Rap Killer Music. Mike Rap Music. That's the album. No, it's it's super good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has... that has From 2012? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, has Game Over on it. That has Game... And... Yeah, it has Reagan. Yeah. No, it's called Don't Die is what that game is... That uh, that one. It sounds very video gamey in the beginning. Okay. Uh, and around the same time, uh, LP released Cure for Cancer or Cancer for Cure, um, which had songs like The Full Retard on it. And um, there was, but yeah, it's shitty, you know, Full yeah. Retard, but it, it is a banger. Wow. Like, that is so weird that Big Boy from Outcast had a, I mean, event- essentially had a hand in making Run the Jewels because he had Killer Mike and his crew. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then they ended up going on tour together, and they were just like, "Yo, let's just make this a thing." Because they did one album of Run the Jewels, and they were planning on doing that's it. And then Killer Mike was just like, "Yo, let's keep on doing this shit." And thank God and they then, did. Lo and behold, we yeah. have one of the greatest hip hop duos of all time. But do you? Do you? It know goes that back to what I, I was saying earlier uh-huh. that fighting games made, gave me that sound to go chase. So Def Jam Fight for New York got me into some music, too, (laughs) Uh, because I was very sheltered from rap music when I was growing up. Yeah. And that got me into like especially in the Tony Hawk games, too, because there was a lot of underground hip hop shit. Mm -hmm. 
And I was just like, when I was younger, I was like, I don't want to listen to anything but the stuff I know. But then when I got older, I started listening to some of the tracks, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's pretty good. Like, on Tony Hawk Underground 2, there's a song called Night Prowler. I don't know the band that uh, that sings it, but that song is so fucking good. And I just, like, just playing video A Guitar Hero as well. I know that sounds weird, but, like, Guitar Hero got me into a lot of music I'd never heard before. And I was just like, okay, this is, like, really good. So I had to go search for it. Uh, let me see if I can find this one song by Night Prowler. I'm looking at my which by the way I found out Google Play Music is dying this year. Yeah, they're going to YouTube Music. YouTube, yeah, YouTube Music which isn't going to transfer over any of my fucking playlists. Oh, so I have to sucks. I have to remake my fucking playlists. Yeah. That's uh it's called Living Legends by Night Prowler featuring Slug. It's a really good song. I like that. But yeah, man, like thinking about it like video games got me into a lot of cool music like just not even so much mainstream just video game music itself got me in like Mega Man music got me into like a lot of rock and like butt rock I guess you could say like some of that I mean we watched the terminal velocity thing where the spark manual was like this is a good song so <laughs> you know it's because of that video that I am now in love with that fucking song it is so good like both the actual song from the game and the remixes that I found are just Absolutely that song insane. is the number one remixed song from uh, Mega Man X1. Okay. I personally, and I think I've talked about this on a podcast before. No, I actually asked the Super Best Friends when they were still together. Uh, I was on one of their first episodes. I asked what their favorite song was. I am partial to Storm Eagle's theme. I love That's Storm. also another good one. Storm Eagle's theme I like a little bit better than Spark Mandrill, but the whole, like, I could, everybody's song in that game is good. Because I played it so much and I love it so much, mm -hmm. but like the re that video game music got me into a genre of like, oh shit, there's a bunch of people out there that aren't so much as musical lyricists as they are just remixers, and they're very good at remixing shit. And that got me into OC Remix, and OC Remix just opened the door to video game music for me. Yeah. So as for ska. Tony Hawk got me into ska too, so there you go. <laughs> Can't get me into ska, man. Dude, Goldfinger is Goldfinger ska. Goldfinger ska, I, right? I don't know. I like some real big fish. Okay, so, real big fish is okay. Okay, just, just that is okay. about what I would say about any ska band, except for Ska Two Network. Ska Two Network does pretty good work. He does good remaster remakes of the song. He does good, yeah. He does good covers. Spark Mandrill has some real feels, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so the soundtrack to Mega Man got me so like I'm going back and looking at that vinyl set again because it's still available. How much is it? One hundred forty-five dollars for eight vi for eight vinyls. Oh shit! It's a vinyl soundtrack. I mean, they each vinyl is not a complete game because some songs are longer or take more space, so they mm -hmm. bleed into other vinyls. But it's it's Mega Man X one through eight. But to be honest with you, I really only know the music from Mega Man X one, two, and four. Have you so, not played X three? No, I've never. I've only I've played it a couple times, but I know Vile comes back, but I have not played Mega Man X three that much. Okay. I played X4, played a little bit of X5, and I have not played X6, 7, or 8. But I've listened to some OC remixes that had songs from 
those games and they were really good so but the artwork is just so fucking beautiful on it and i'm like man 145 bucks but i also have college i need to pay for so (laughs) and i need a new roof so a new roof gotta you gotta i think if i put enough vinyls on the roof that'll make a good i don't think that that's how it works (laughs) you shut your your damn dirty mouth (laughs) oh man all right i think we're just rambling at this point so all right, man. What do you got going on this week? Um, still work. Still working on the video. I want to try something new. Maybe I'll try out Bug Fables. Maybe I'll actually start that now. No. What you're going to do is you're going to go on your PlayStation 4, and on Thursday night, you're going to clear your schedule because we are going to play Fall Guys on the oh, Mega Vision channel. Yes. 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 That's you what are, we're doing. You have to clear your schedule because it's going to be you, me, and Scotty for sure. And I don't want to okay. hear anybody saying they don't have enough money to buy this game because Fall Guys and Call of Duty, whatever the fuck, are two games that are going to be the PlayStation Plus game. So, unfortunately, I don't think H2O has a PlayStation 4. Otherwise, I'd be on his ass about it, too. But Fall Guys, for people that don't know what that is, is the new Battle Royale from Devolver Digital where it's a 60 people. And it's not a Battle Royale for shooting. It's obstacle courses and shit with cute, adorable little characters. And I'm going to play it, and I'm going to buy it because it's only $20. I've been watching John Smith from uh, Funhouse and Jacob Fullerton from Funhouse. They played it this weekend because they had codes for it. They played it last weekend, and I was not able to get any codes, and I'm ready to play it, and it comes out on August 5th. 5th. Okay. So that's what you're doing. (laughs) I I will do that in addition to completing the video. Completing the video? Uh, Hopefully. Hopefully this week I'll have it done. I would like to see some of that. <laughs> uh, I am going to play... I don't know how much more of Doom Eternal I'm going to play. Uh, I might play a little bit more, and then I'm going to start writing that because I believe the articles are due by August 14th. Yes. And uh, probably I, not completing the video because I also need to do my, my reviews. What? H2O's got beta keys for Fall Guys on Steam. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm going to reach out to him because I want to play that game. That game looks fucking great. So uh, I'll be playing and writing about Doom Eternal. Uh, I got to sit down. I I didn't do it last week, but I am going to sit down. I am on vacation on Monday and Tuesday of this week. So I am going to sit down and play uh, Finish Curse of the Moon 2. And I'm going to start playing, probably not Finish because I don't know how long it is, but I want to play Carrion. And if you ever downloaded that onto your Switch, that thumbnail is of a Google. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I turned on the Switch and and like turned it on, and my wife goes, "What the fuck is that?" Because <laughs> the Switch is in the living room now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't have any games like coming out that I want to play. Uh, I've been I'm building a new bookcase, and also I'm you know the bookcase that I shared in the Discord, that black one that I built. I'm repurposing that into a, a console uh, storage thing. You know how people have like their console shelf underneath their TV that holds all their consoles? Yeah. I'm repurposing that, and I'm building a new bookcase. So I'll be working on that this week as well. Okay. Weather's in my area going to be a lot better this week, so I'll be able to get out into the wood shop. So Nice. All right. Well, that's all we got. If there's nothing else from you, I'd like – I mean – we got some uh, feedback from Haru in the pod or in the Discord. Want to shout outs to him. Uh, thanks everyone for watching, and go check us out on social media and all that stuff. 
And y'all take care and have a good week. Be safe out there. Bye. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Serious crap. Gay. Frogs, freaking frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Real slow for you.